Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. In 1919, he hit 29 home runs and was sold to the New York Yankees. and A-Rod going at it. Roberts is going. Masada's throw. Roberts, safe. And what can I say? Just dip my heart and, and call the Yankees my daddy. Welcome to Fanbase, a deep dive into the greatest rivalry in sports. I'll give you a little bit of a rundown as we have episode 119. We'll do a quick little deconstruction of the All-Star game. We'll talk about Sean Casey as the hitting coach of the Yankees. We have some very interesting comments from Alex Rodriguez on the Yankees that we'll touch on, and then we'll give a, a few comments and prognostications maybe on the second half. John Senecal, Brian Shackman here. Uh, all right, John, so I'm sure – listen, I watched some of the Derby live, and – I watched a tiny bit of the game. I saw the first inning catches, which were, I mean, and Matt Saroy is a producer of both this and my morning show on WTIC News Talk 1080. You know, he mentioned that, you know, he wanted Garrett Cole to be quick yeah. and not get hurt. And he and not give up a home run like he well, normally but the, does. But the thing is, is he very well could have. Right, almost too. Right? Yeah, and so it was sort of positive all around. I'll start with the home run derby. First of all, I think Seattle. I, I, when that team stinks, any team stinks, people kind of abandon it. But that's a good baseball town. Yeah, in a beautiful stadium. I don't know if you've ever been there. But I have not. You've is, been to Safeco? Yeah, it's really nice. I, w- I was actually lucky enough to go there, and the roof was open, and then they closed it in the middle of the game. So I actually got to see the roof. The process, the process of it. Process do, yeah. And they you know, they made an announcement and lights come on, but very awesome stadium. Really and the nice. fans seem, I mean, it just seems like a good vibe. I mean, Seattle's one of those things, whether it's the Starbucks or the grunge era, it seems like sort of like, Easy to bang on Seattle, but I mean, it seems like a really good baseball town. Like the way San Francisco has been the last 15 years or so, like it just seems like the stadium, the energy is all good. Yep. Yeah. And, and they, you know, the, the crowd was awesome. They're making, obviously making a push for Shohei. <laughs> Why am they come there? Yeah. Um, like I guess every other team in MLB. But yeah, what an awesome, I mean, the home run derby was very exciting. I mean, it basically came down to the final swing. But, you know, you're watching these guys, and I'm thinking as they're swinging, like especially Julio Rodriguez, right? Who had a, a little, hometown guy. Hometown guy, but a little bit of injury last year, yeah. history. Um, and my son looked at me afterwards after he got done hitting what was like 40-something home runs he hit. He, he looked at me and he goes, he just pulled every muscle on his back. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you look at those guys swinging in the torque. I think it was when, when Adley Rushman was hitting. I was just watching him. You know, there's no there's no rest between it. It's just literally bum, 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 They're just swinging and the torque on their backs. It's, well, it's I talked insane. about, I don't know which Pedro, there was one Pedro, I think it was when, it might have been when the All-Star game was at Fenway. I think Pedro might have started. And it was 98 or 99. And... 
And I think Pedro was so jacked up that I think it hurt the rest of his season. Yeah. Like, I really – and so, like, I'm always amazed at the players, and I think it's because there's, there's a million bucks at stake, and I think it Major League Baseball does a lot wrong, but I think the Derby, they do right in the sense that they give actual real money to get the real stars, which I think is the other leagues. Like, like in the NBA, they make billions of dollars. Make it a million dollars for the dunk contest. Make it a million dollars for yeah. three point. I mean, it's so stupid. You end up Tom, Dick, and Harry doing it. So I think baseball does a good job with it, and fans love it because – I would think it'd be boring to see in home runs, but how many people get walk away with baseballs? Right, there's a couple yeah, hundred home runs. Did you notice that in Seattle though, the left field was not very generous. You had that big, like bullpen and area out just past the field, so you had to poke it to get it up to in the get bleachers to, the fans. Yeah, to get to the true. fans in left field. That is true. And almost everybody was, I think, except for uh, Rushman, was left right-handed hitters. Yeah. Well, you got to pull it. You can't go and without uh, with Alonzo and and and. And with Julio Rodriguez, you, the pitching is so vital. Vital. If you're not getting it right in your sweet spot, or Adolis every Garcia, time. man, that guy could not throw to him. I know the Rangers guy it was like I, he was my pick to win it, and I swear, like when he did get a pitch, it was like a slider or something to do yeah. was throwing. It was and the awful. guy, and the guy for for Rodriguez was perfect. Yeah, you know, every time was the same thing, and and it reminded me because people were circulating clips of Josh Hamilton, and it was it was it. 2008. Yeah, at Yankee Stadium. Yeah. And the thing I noticed, because I watched it, is is you talked about the boom, 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 elephant. He watched every single one go out. Yeah. Like, he waited to see. And it was a little bit, I think, you know, obviously the format was different. They didn't, I don't think they had, I think it the actually clock. had to go out right. for them to swing again. Now they have an umpire on the side with his hand up and you can go. Right. And I thought it was, a, it went a little faster than it did last year. Maybe it's like. A certain amount of time it, since they hit. It's not once it goes over the fence because they were throwing them pretty. Well, quick. that's supposed to be the rule, but we we. I mean, we. I've talked about this that it certainly seemed faster, faster. than when the ball was out. He seemed like he was set and swinging before the ball was caught because yeah. they they would cut away back to it. Yep. Um. So that was a good event, and then I, you know I saw the catches in the first inning. I'll tell you one thing though, real quick though. Yeah. What I would like to see in the All Star Game, um, pre festivities, other than the home run derby, I'd love to see some sort of skills competition. Like what? Throws from the outfield into targets, maybe hitting to targets. Um, you know, pitchers maybe trying to dot targets on a thing, like something like that. I think would be really yeah, neat. Like, I like that. Just to show, you know, these How guys. Good they are. Yeah, like a Ronald Acuna. I mean, you see videos of this dude throwing balls flat-footed from the sideline, from the uh, foul line, out of the stadium over 300 feet. Like, I would love to see him try to peg a ball on a target at home plate or things like that. Just a little bit different. You remember like how golf used to do those skills competitions yeah. back? You know, they hit the slice it around a tree and all that. I mean, the home run derby is exciting, but I think you know maybe you can get some more players too involved in it. And that'd be really it's cool. It's a really interesting idea, and again, I would think if you're going to get players, because every opportunity they have for that is an opportunity to get hurt. So yeah. you would have to make it worth their while. Maybe it's something they could collectively bargain. It's funny, Adley Rutschman went out in the first round, but I mean, in some ways, like he still blows me away that he Amazing. just pops back and forth. On, I mean, to have a switch hitting catcher who can go deep on both sides and manage a game like that and be the leader. Like, that guy is like... Did you see the pop-up he caught last night? Did you Were you watching no, the game? So no. they, they hit a, I mean, they hit a pop-up behind home plate, and that's obviously probably one of the hardest plays to make. I mean, major league catchers, they make them all right, the time. you got to find your bearings and all this and stuff. And it was like, it popped up, and he thought it was out. And then all of a sudden, he like someone must have said something to him. He's like, oh, it's still in. He kind of just like popped up the last second, so nonchalant, just turned around yeah. and grabbed it. And it was he, up there. He's a he's, he's a special hell of a player. My point is he's special. He is special. They talked about Matt Weeders when he came up with Baltimore. He ended up being okay, but like in terms of like catchers that will be stars, 
He's a difference maker. I mean, look at look at O'Neill Cruz. I mean, O'Neill Cruz, Ellie De La Cruz. How the Reds have responded since yeah. he got there, and the Reds already had McLean and Spencer Steer, who were probably almost playing better than De La Cruz this year. And those poor guys aren't going to get no love because of him. But he's like the catalyst. Listen, we'll talk about the second half because the Reds will be in that conversation. So overall, from John, thumbs up on the All Star. Yeah, really. A couple cool. of tweaks, but still for a league we like to bang on a lot. It was good. And, and see, a no-name, well, I'll say no-name, but he's an all-star. 32-year-old so-called journeyman gets the MVP. Yeah. Elias Diaz. Good for him. Congratulations. I didn't know who he was. Neither uh, did I. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea who he was. He's in Colorado, either. so what are you going to do? Uh, listen, uh, Sean Casey, named the mayor. The hitting coach, and, you know, in some ways, you know, what do you do? Maybe they were hitting 218 since Judge went down because of the hitting coach. Maybe they're hitting 231 overall in the season, you know, second or third worst in the league because of the hitting goes. I don't know, but he's a fall guy because you're not going to fire Boone midseason. And he's a fall guy because Cashman's not going to get fired midseason or whatever. And I think that they... They do have two assistant hitting coaches. Can I know. That, that? Well, that's the dynamic now. If you notice, if you go to across teams... Layers. There's more layers. Like, the GM isn't the GM anymore. The GM reports to the president of baseball right. operations, which is the old GM. Right. So, like, the whole thing has more layers. And, yeah, there are a lot of teams have up to three hitting coaches. Because there's so much video work, right? And there's so much in terms of the data analytics and all that stuff. But generally speaking, I mean, I've heard nothing but positive reviews. Yeah, well, if you if you know Sean Casey, he was an excellent hitter. I mean, obviously not a Hall of Famer, but a 300 hitter. Um, and they loved. Call him, they call him the mayor because he's like the most likable guy there is. Um, if you watch MLB Network, which he's been on for like the last, I don't even know, five, six years, um, his energy is off the charts. Um, everybody that talks about him says he is one of the best communicators and nicest people you can meet. Is he, he just, qualified for the, to do the job? I would think so. I mean, okay. he's a 300 major league hitter. Um, you know, a, a guy that went to Transylvania University had the job last that no one even knew was, you know, Dylan Lawson. So I would think Sean Casey's more than qualified. It's just a matter of, uh, you know, you always talk about the dynamic of can they get through to the players, you know. I would think a player would be more apt to listen to a guy who played, whatever, 16 years in the major leagues and was a 300 hitter than some guy that really never sniffed the majors and was. First of all, that's 100. And plus the, these kids watch the MLB Network and they know. But that doesn't mean he's a good teacher or knows the right things to translate. But And he hasn't done it before, obviously. Um, so they're, they're taking a chance. But I, I can't imagine that it could get much worse, Brian. Right. So the question is, as it relates to this, and we'll get into the much worse or better when we talk about the second half projections, but is he a potential replacement for Boone? When that Because, ha- listen, Boone's not going to manage for 25 years and go into the Hall of Fame as a Yankee manager. I mean, I just don't see it. So I'm not preaching. By the way, when I mention Cashman and and Boone, I'm not. I don't want anyone. I've lost my job. I don't want anyone to lose their job. Right. I don't. I don't. I don't say fire that guy. I really don't do it. If I say it, I say it. Um, and I, in rare but circumstances, a time that things have to come but there's to an no, end. And so, like in some ways, is this does this put pressure on Boone? I mean, is it looked at that way? Well, I mean, it's interesting because they're they're so called like really like almost best friends. I mean, they played together in Cincinnati, and I guess they've been really close ever since. So. If that's the case, they're taking a huge chance, you know, bringing someone's buddy in there. Um, I don't necessarily look at it as them bringing in Sean Casey as a possible replacement in the future. I literally, I really think that this is something where, um, you know, we know Cashman has never really made changes in the middle of the season at all. I think this is just something that the Yankees feel like they had to do for the fan base, for basically the team in general. They had, they needed a change of direction, right? 
And I think this is this this is the obvious way to do but it. But Casey's got a good career going outside the diamond, so they must. And I'm sure they paid him well yeah. enough to make it worth his while. And I'm not saying they. Well, maybe he's thinking about a career in. in well, I, right, but I'm not saying they brought him in and they with the purpose of putting pressure on Boone and their friends. I think that the dynamic in the clubhouse is going to be phenomenal. I'm just saying that. I don't know. He looks like a guy who's got manager material. Because the the right. trend is now relatively young former players right. who aren't stupid. Right. And he fits that model perfectly. Yeah. And so I just feel like. Well, maybe if it's not for the Yankees, maybe it's you know, somewhere else. Somewhere else. So, you know, maybe he's the bench coach next year. I mean, obviously, if the Yankees if the Yankees don't get to the postseason this year, there's going to be shakeups. Right. You know that. I mean, there's got. It's got how happen. can you not? You can't even just hang it on. Judge, which we will talk about in just a few minutes. The, before we get to the second half, uh, you know, Matt Saroy's again, who produces this podcast along with my morning show, he, he, he ran this soundbite after the All-Star game, and I want you to just have a listen to it, and then I want to talk about it. It's from Alex Rodriguez. He's one of the best communicators in the game, one of the most likable guys. I think long-term he can be a really, really good coach. My bigger question is the macro. If you're the New York Yankees and you've won 27 world championships – and you go into this dive analytics and you're 0 for 15, I would throw all that analytics in the garbage mm -hmm. and get back to playing hard school Yankee baseball, which for some reason we've divorced and it's just bad. All right, so listen, the data stuff's not going anywhere, right? I mean, it's not, it's, it's not like you can just, it's too in, engraved, whether it's offense, defense, or whatever, but what do you think of what he said? Well, I mean... Getting back to what was it, the gritty Yankee baseball? I was, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think of the last gritty Yankee baseball. I mean, I'm not, it's not oh, Derek Jeter. Oh, nine. No. I'm thinking Thurman Paul, Paul O'Neill. Oh, okay. All right. But still, that's 15 years ago, right? I'm thinking to myself, what is he talking about? Gritty Yankee baseball. I just don't. I think he's saying don't rely so much on the math. That's basically his way of saying that, right? Because yeah. I have not really seen gritty Yankee baseball in the last 10 years. Correct. All right. So, yes, I, I am from the school that the whole baseball universe is overdriven with the analytics and everything. So what would you do? Though? Too many nerds in the front office. But you can't get rid of it. Cause maybe you, this is going to be the start of a swing in a different direction. You know, maybe you don't need to. Granted, yeah, everyone loves to see the stat cast and all that going out once it's happened. But it's like, how much do you need to break down every single thing? You know, it's like, oh, well, he only hits doubles on Tuesdays in the daylight when it's 35 degrees above average or something. It's but like, if it gets you more wins, people, are, I guess, you know, if the goal is to win and that stuff gets teams with to win more than they would have otherwise, it's hard to get them to abandon it unless you legislate it out of the game. But, like, for me, I, I hate to see a hard hit ball up the middle with a guy standing right there. I don't know why. Some people say you're just an old dinosaur. It's stupid. It's the game. Yeah. It's the way the game is. But there's something about it that just – it saddens me when someone – it saddens me in general when someone hits the screws – yeah, and it, it's an out in general. Like when someone hits the ball well, I wanted to see them rewarded for it. Right. Baseball's so harsh in that way, but the data makes it even more difficult. Yeah, and well, I mean, it's you know, it's helping a little bit going away from having the shift and all that. So that's that's putting a dent in the data a little bit because you're not able to kill that. You know, the Joey Gallows and all them. Um, but getting back to the Yankees, I mean, you know, what the Yankees need they need players that are going to freaking post. They need guys in the lineup. They can't have these guys that are like the Giancarlo Stanton's that are going to hit a home run every five games and then sit out every second game. Or maybe he's going to get to the outfield. Maybe he's not. You know, it, it's one thing for Aaron Judge to run into the wall and break his toe or whatever. It's another thing for a guy to just – I mean, look at Donaldson the other day swung and, like, 
hurt his calf muscle or something. Yeah. These guys are getting hurt swinging the bat. And it's not like they've been out there doing it all season. Like these are guys that have literally been on the IL almost all year and they're getting hurt. They're just old, they're weathered. It's, you know, the problem is is like you know, Donaldson, yeah, he can go, but you're stuck with Stanton. You're stuck with him. Yeah. So how do you work around that? Do you just cut bait? I don't know. They're not going to cut bait on him. The Yankees are scary old and they just don't have when Nayrod says grit, they don't have like the you know even Judge is not I think of Judge He's as, like a laid back dude. No, no. I think of Judge like Jason Tatum. Incredible talent, obviously doesn't like to lose, but is everything. I don't know anything about Aaron Judge. I really don't know him. But with Tatum, I think it's like, eh, I'm making all this money. I'm great. I just want to be on my bag of chips. And yeah, it sucks when I lose, but I don't really like. I don't lose sleep over not winning a title. And I, yeah. I'm not saying Judge is like that, but there's nobody in in there's that no clubhouse flash. No who flash. wants to win or die. There's just no thing. flash. Like you just don't see it. Like. You watch you watch Ellie Dea Cruz again. You watch him play, and it's like electric. well, that's different. You're talking about something different. I'm talking about somebody who wants to win so badly that it affects them. You're talking about just someone who pops. Like to me, it's that equally important, or them. or just makes the team exciting. I'm talking about the the will to win. Yeah, and I don't I don't know if anyone in that team who makes a difference. I mean, even if you said Bader did, he's not enough of a presence no, to make that he's difference. Not. But then there's the issue of pop, like. Like, listen, even if Volpe was going to be really good, like, Dela Cruz is like, he's got this body and he's got this smoothness and speed. Volpe just looks like a good baseball player who's like just an, really any, young. Any other dude that but, played But shortstop. if he has a 12-year career, great. But he doesn't look like a guy right. who's going to be like that. And so I would agree with you, like, when you compare it to De La Cruz or even Tatis Jr. when he came up or a bunch of other different people, he does not pop or Mookie bets. But the question is, you know, so what do you do? I mean, to me... And again, like I, I say, we got to go to the Red Sox. The Yankees aren't one or two players away; they're like four. Yeah. And I think that's a massive problem moving forward because then they, what do they do? They go on the market and they splash free agency. It doesn't solve the pipeline problem. You need at least three or four guys that you groom that are really good, not just okay good. Well, the pipeline problem is going to get worse because if you go out and get these players, you're going to get raked over the coals for them. I mean, look, if the, the way the Cubs are sitting right now with Stroman and Bellinger, I mean, they could just destroy teams with those two guys. Yeah. I mean, they Who wouldn't want Marcus Stroman on their or team? Or Cody Bellinger yeah. right yeah. now. I mean, yeah, he had he's only got 10 home runs, but the dude's batting 300 and yeah. he's a proven he's a proven player. Um you know, it's We talked about this before. Too many teams in competition for too little talent on the market. It's going to be tough. And you're absolutely right, Brian. The Yankees, I mean, you look on paper and you'll say Yankees need a left field, a left fielder and a third baseman, right? And they need a left-handed bat. Bellinger would be the, the obvious choice. I'm going to make a I'm going to make a bold statement. You ready? If Judge isn't back by August 15th, the Yankees will not make the playoffs. So that was that was interesting. I was walk I was, when I was walking the dogs this morning, I was thinking about that. And I was thinking to myself, the trade deadline is August 1st, right? If Judge is not back by August he's 1st. He's not going to right, be back. Right, he's not going to be. Even if he went to rehab. But what I'm saying is, what do they know about Judge August 1st? We're about, about two weeks away. Two right, and a, right. What do they know about him? Do they think he'll be back and be productive for September and make a run if they're still in it, right? Do they go out and get those pieces to stay in it? So your point is, if they make a lot of moves to buy, then you're more optimistic he's coming back right they might be more apt to say let's let's 
really, really heal this thing. We can get a couple pieces, stay in it, get into the wild card. Judge comes back in September. We got him for a month. He's ready to rock by the time we hit the playoffs, and that might be the difference maker. Okay, he's John Senecal. I'm Brian Shackman. This is Fanbase, a deep dive into the greatest rivalry in sports. Do you have anything to say about the Red Sox before I say some stuff? Um, um, I mean, honestly, I, I'm definitely like way more engaged in the Yankees than you are in the Red Sox. Yeah, you I just step I up nothing. Your... Nothing really excites me. Crap about the well, Red Sox. Well, there's nothing really exciting about the Red Sox. But what I would say is, I went to see them play the A's right before the break. Yeah, thirteen dollar beers, right? Yeah, yeah, thirteen eleven. <laughs> Um, That's what the Red good Sox. picture though. Uh, if you go to my Facebook page, you can see it. Listen, th- they played the A's. The Red Sox, they don't look like a good baseball team. They just don't. They rested guys that day, so it's not totally fair. But, but having said all of that, they're two games out of the wild card. They're one game behind the Yankees. It's crazy. I mean, it's crazy that they are in the mix. But they, you have to admit it. And this well, shout they, out goes to my nephew Jake, who thinks I'm 10. salty. Listen, but you know, and and a couple of those wins are against the Rangers. So let's just be candid. They, you know, they beat they they beat the A's, but they also beat the Rangers. But when it comes to, you know, what they can do, you can't tell me that they can't make it because they're only two games out at the break. So the question is, when it comes to me, when you have a team that you know, and I'm sorry to people who get banged, you know the team's not that good. I mean, there's no other way to. They just they're not that good. And so what what do you do there? You just go status quo and get in the playoffs? I don't hope? know. I mean, Bloom is not going to be a buyer with this team. Like, I just can't imagine he will. So I, I – But you can't get rid of players if you're if you're two games out of a playoff hunt. That's just a – that's such no, a smack in the face to you your You can't fans. get rid of them, but you, you're not going to add. Yeah, but then at the same time, you're sitting there as a Red Sox fan and you're being like – this team sucks, and we're still only two games out. And you look back and you say, "Damn, the Phillies weren't great, and they went to the World Series, and they got because they got in." And if you look in the history in the last since the wild card's been in place, you got a pretty dang good shot if you have if you hit the wild card of making it. Right. You know, there's like I, I imagine there's at least five or six teams that we'd have to go back and look that went were wild card teams that went to the World Series. I'm yeah. thinking, you know, maybe San Francisco, Tampa, the Phillies, the Marlins. I think all those guys were wild card teams. So. Boy, man, that's a thin, that's a fine line the Red Sox are it's walking It's a really down. tough spot, and I think that's why people make— Different than the Yankees, because the fun- Yankees always go out and get somebody, right? Right. They well, always usually do. They have been in recent history. So all, all Yankee even fans, if they're in middling where they are now, Yankee they're still— Yankee fans are sitting there knowing they'll do something, where Red Sox fans are like, well— uh, Unless they, Aaron Judge isn't coming back, as you said. But here's—that's why was my point, is that how the next week to 10 days goes is, is really important if you're a Red Sox fan. And— the Cubs, listen, they're not they're not great, but they're not terrible. But you have the Cubs into the A's, into the Mets. Okay, you you have three teams that are under five hundred right now. Now the Mets have still got some talent, and the Cubs are not as bad as their record, maybe. But those are that's a, I mean, of your three, six, nine, you could go six and three, seven and two. Because and then they have a big West Coast trip. And then there's some, some tough, but they also have Detroit, KC, and Washington in the first half of August. So when I look at the schedule, I think the next two weeks will dictate what kind of pressure is on Heim Bloom to make a move. Because if they go seven and two and they're in the wild card, you have to do something, or it's so embarrassing that. What do you think the line is? How many games out? 
of the wild card come August first trade deadline for the Red Sox. Yeah, to do to to pull. The, I mean, they're two now. If they're five or six out, do they? The, no, not, they're not buyers. No. If they're two out, if they're right where they are now, if you don't make a move, there'll be people calling for Bloom to get fired. I agree because it's a town where you're supposed to try to like. The, to me, there's and we got to move on. But to me, there's no reason why a big market team can't rebuild and stay competitive. So. The message you're sending is that we're not, we don't think we can win it, so we're not going to try. Is the worst message you're sending to schleps like me who are spending 13 bucks for a beer? Like right. I hate it, I hate it, I really do. So, and I like Heim Bloom, I don't have a problem with him. But I mean, if you're two games out of the wild card and there's only one or two teams above you, you have to, you have, have to. to do it. You absolutely have to. Uh, okay, so second half in terms of like prognostication. I mean, I know it's silly, but people love to do it, so let's just do it. Give me, let's really not, I mean, you, you don't have to give me division title. I mean, I, I mean, I, I think that. Well, I think the big question everybody wants to know in baseball is, will the Angels trade Otani? I think that's, that is probably the biggest question out of everything. Obviously, it's not Yankees-Red Sox related, but it could be. You never know. See, um, I don't even know if it has to do with, are they, would they be willing to do it? I don't think another team with, with he's going to be a free agent. Yeah. And you can't do sign a trade. I think they would trade him if they could actually get commensurate value. Oh, yeah. But I think they can't get value because it could be like a Herschel Walker type trade. Wait, that could you win 14 you. players? I mean, no, the thing is, like, if you, if you end up making a trade that gives you, like, potentially three, four major leaguers, you could be a competitive team right away. Yeah. But, and they, but it really has to be a place that he is on his list of where he'd want to go because if you trade for him, you really want to keep him. So, and the Angels um, are an interesting spot. My gut is Trout they, is hurt. Right. My gut is they don't trade them. Yeah. And and I think that they might have to make a reasonable – like Seattle was interesting because the, there's a really strong Asian population in yep. the Pacific Northwest, and I think you'd be really happy there. And obviously you have uh, – what's this – you know, Ichiro was – you know, I mean, yeah. there's a lot of appeal there, I think, for someone like Otani. It's a quicker flight home. Yep. I mean, in a lot of ways, the West Coast has a huge advantage for Otani. And and so, but my gut is they don't trade him. So, I find this interesting because they were interviewing Otani last night at the All Star game, and I'm always calling BS on the interpreter. Like these, you're like the best athlete in the world, right? And you've been in the league since 2018, and you can't speak enough English baseball to communicate. Ichiro still uses an interpreter, right? So they ask the question, and he's listening to it, and he's smiling, he's shaking his head. He totally knows what they're saying. Yeah. And then the interpreter answers a question. I'm thinking any way the interpreter just wants to answer it. He just they probably just ah, tell him whatever you want. So I came across this 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 um, article, and it's from Mark Gooden, who's apparently the senior beat writer for the Mets for the National Enquirer. Now apparently this dude's a Pulitzer Prize winner, and it is the National Enquirer. So take it for what it's at. But this guy interviewed Otani at the All Star game, and he tweeted this. All right, I asked Shohei Otani if he would play for the Mets. Otani's interpreter said. Quote, at this point, I'm just focusing on the season and the Angels. His inter now, this is Mark Gooden talking. His interpreter doesn't know I speak Japanese, and Otani's real reply was, why would I want to play for the worst team money can buy? He didn't really say that. This guy tweeted it to really? his 12,500 followers That's and hysterical. backed it up over and over and over That's again amazing. in his feed. I love it. So take it for what we it's need worth. More, we need more, like— American reporters who know Japanese. That's such a great anecdote. Oh, so, if we'll true. See. If true. So uh, I'm sitting there thinking to myself, like, what is this guy even, like, 
he could just be saying anything. Yeah. You know? So we shouldn't really, we should take it with a real grain of salt. I just, I just think it's funny how he just smiles when they're asking the question. Right. It's like he totally knows what they're yeah, saying. Yeah. Yankees make the playoffs, thumbs up or thumbs down. Um, I'm going to tell you right now, the Yankees are a complete disaster, but I feel like the way this wild card's shaking out, they're going to find a way to sneak in. And who, then who would be out? Especially if, uh, if Aaron Judge. Well, I hope it's the damn Astros. Or the Blue Jays. I mean, obviously, I think it's those two, but I want the Astros to be out, obviously. But uh, again, Brian, like it's you tight. said, it all comes down to Aaron Judge. If they if they feel like he's going to come back, he's going to he is their only way they're going to win if they have him in the lineup. So if they think they can get him back in September, the Yankees. Either way, I don't think the Yankees are just going to roll over and play dead. I think they're going to do something. I mean, if they can get Bellinger as a rental, it's not it's not that big of a deal. He's trying, the Red Sox. I don't think make it. But I'm actually rooting for them at this point because I, I think the teams that they'd bounce would make it enough even if they were out early in the postseason. He's John Senecal. I'm Brian Shackman. You've been listening to Fanbase, a deep dive into the greatest rivalry in We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.